Hey everybody, this is Rich from the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Mick Carey, Andy Whale and Lee Cummins of Debt Collector. How are you, lads? Hey, Richie. Very good. All good, cheers. Yeah, thanks. Lads, thanks a million for coming on. We were only short one member. Jesus Christ, I thought I had the full full flush there. Yeah, Kieran is no Brabham at the moment. He's mm-hmm. their junction boss got hit by a storm or something. I saw he's got his mobile data, so he couldn't jump on. Yeah, couldn't so shout out to Kieran, who's the singer of the band. And we've got Lee on bass, Andy on drums, and Mick on riffs. So, lads, uh, first of all, thanks for sending the EP to me. I'm one of the lucky guys that managed to hear it. It's absolutely brilliant. I love it. I'm a big fan of old school death metal myself. And in a weird way, it's a breath of fresh air, even though it's an old school sound you have. uh, But it's done so fucking well. Uh, You're to be uh, commended on it. So congrats. Cheers, Richie. Thanks. Glad you like it. Cheers, lads. Mm. The reviews have been really strong as well, lads. So far, so good. Yeah, all positive reviews so far anyway. So, fingers crossed. You won't get the old dud one here and there, you know? Where yeah. Torn to shreds or something. I don't think that's happened yet, has it? No. Yeah, uh, no wonder. They'll come now, Rich. They'll come. <laughs> there's some guy who sort of like picks it to pieces and... And so, you know, you know what people are like on the uh, social media. Do any of you know is fucking Kerrang even still out there anymore? No. <laughs> it was like Smash Hits ultimately at the end, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 My God, like, I mean. I always remember we did, when many years ago, back in early to mid 90s, probably early 90s, we got dragged down there for some interview, some ball thrower interview. And then mm-hmm. they they just dragged out these sort of like five random singles that were out at the time and sort of like asked us, asked us half pissed, like me and Carl, asked us to sort of like pick out our favourite one. And I think I think one was one was brilliant. One oh. was uh oh god. But yeah, they just they were just like five five random songs that were around at the time. So I basically pissed up, just took the piss out of them really. Yeah, that's, that's what that magazine was like at the end, wasn't it? It was yeah. amazing, wasn't it? Like, I you you remember getting Kerrang back in the day, and uh, Jesus, like you'd you'd be reading about uh, Florida death metal bands and everything, and then it just went to shit. I think they just followed trends, really. Yeah, they did. Well, it's what sells, isn't it? That's the thing. Mm. Turned out kind of poppy punk kind of stuff, like yeah, eighty two and all that. Like, I think the last time I bought it maybe would have been the time. Um, it's not a church burnings in Norway. Do you mind in the front of it like that? <laughs> I think it was probably the last time I maybe bought it. I don't think I even bought it. I think I borrowed it off in the school and never gave it back to him. I cut it up and stuck it all over my wall. <laughs> <laughs> Any memories of that, Lee? Yes, indeed. Uh, I think also the, the, the Terrorizer magazine went the same as well. It started off very positive and then ultimately just faded off into you know whatever was... Uh, popular at the time. Mm. There was and, a magazine before Terrorizer Lee. I don't know if you remember. It was like Trash and Burn. Yes, yes. that yeah, one yeah, too. Yeah, and then it turned into Terrorizer or something. Like that. I think it was the same yeah. publishers or something like that. Yeah. yeah, was it really? Yeah, yeah. That a lot of the same writers anyway. Yeah, in that publication. Yeah, like, the like. So I was only on about that in a text message there the other night. Um, Malcolm Dome, Dave Ling. Jesus Christ, could those lads write? And you know the way they'd review uh, live 
gigs, especially with G and the Bowl Tour, man. He got some fucking amazing reviews um, for live gigs um, on Kerrang and Metal Hammer back in the day. Yeah, I mean, that was it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, or, well, I mean, it, it was, it, I mean, to be honest, it was just it, back back in the sort of like early 90s, you know, up that round that side. It was just, it was just a great time to be in a, a, a band, you know, especially with sort of like, I won't, I won't class it as sort of like death metal because it was, you know, I mean, it's just a term, isn't it, really? But um, there was a, it was a great, it was a great time to be in, in a band and be involved in all that sort of like, you know the the way the scene built in a way it was yeah. it was brilliant. You know, I mean, look, especially when when I was probably there, you, you don't really you don't really take so much notice of it, do you? You know, you can see it all building up. And I mean, obviously, we both throw they got really big after I left. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 weird looking back on it. it it's um it, a bit bit surreal, really. You know, to think mm. that you're actually involved in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, some of the, and it's great to see. It's great to see that um, people from them days as well. So a lot of people are still around doing stuff and still pretty, re- you know, relevant as well with what they're. they're you know, they're, they're still sort of like at the forefront of the, the whole thing that we do. You know, mm. yeah, it is bizarre because um, I think um, you were saying that, Andy. That like, if you if somebody said to you in your twenties that you'd be releasing. Uh, death collector EP in whatever age you are now, man. You're supposed you're your mid fifties anyway. Um, if someone said that to the young Andy Wade, would he have laughed? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. I was talking to somebody else about it. It's like I remember, I remember when I used to go and see bands like Crass when I was sort of like you know back in the mid eighties, that kind of thing. You know, sort of, and um, you know, you'd be there and one guy at the back of the, you know, the back of the gig or something, who at that, at that time when you're 18 just looked sort of like, you know, maybe he just looked really old, do you know what I mean? And then <laughs> now you look back on it and you think, well, hang on. Yeah, he was probably he was probably in his, like, mid-30s or something. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But and now it, it's, it, it's, amazing how the, it's amazing how the scene's changed. But, I mean, for me, being honest, I mean, it's... it's it, I'd, I'd never, I mean, if you, you know, if I'd been, when I was in my 20s, when I was in ball thrower, you know, to think that I'm, you know, I'm 57 now, to think that I'm still knocking out, you know, decent, yeah. decent stuff and still, you know, um, you know, still doing it really is just bizarre, really. But I mean, you know, I mean, it is, it is what it is. I mean, really, it's down to the people that buy the records though, isn't it? You know what I mean? Because, I mean, a lot of the people that I know have, have, have grown up with, you know, they've they've grown up with us as well, you know. So mm. sort of like, you know, they were all there. I won't mention people's names, but you know, they were all there in the early days from the eight, you know, the late eighties. And um, you know, they're still they're still knocking around now as well. Which you know, I mean, they're the ones they're the they're the ones that are the vinyl collectors. They're the ones that are sort of like still buying all the record. They're you know they're in a way they've got you know they they're that age now where they've got expendable incomes and they can you know, spend they can more. Sort yeah. Of like, yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, it's 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 great to still be around. I mean, I mean to be honest, it's it's quite bizarre. You know the way I did end up coming back, but I mean, um, you know, I've had sort of like last last six years or so, you know, still knocking out and working with people that, and sort of, luckily enough, working with people that managed to um, produce some 
damn fine old music, really. Yeah. Is it an age thing, Mick, in relation to, we'll say, the sound of Debt Collector? There's obviously a big heritage you're drawing from. All of you are. Just talk to me about that heritage you felt in writing, we'll say, the music for it. Were you aware of what you were putting out in relation to bands that have come before ye in the 80s that were playing that style of uh, death metal? No, just wrote riffs, Richie, and whatever came out, came out. Like, mm. Not enforced, it was like, wasn't intentional or anything like that. Just whatever riffs rolled along together, send them on then to Andy and get beats back, then they're sounding good, and we tweak a few bits then here and there. Yeah. So, yeah, but at like, the end was... of the day, it's, it's, it's all down to the way that you play. Like everything that you would listen to, like that would have would have been listened to growing up, obviously would have an influence on you. Mm. No, but didn't deliberately set out to write in a certain style. It was just whatever worked, you know. Yeah, and how yeah. would you compare that to your your writings then with Sellout Gold? Well, it's, it's there's I try to keep both bands completely different, you know. Yeah, yeah. Is that lots more about the speed and digression and blast beats and stuff like that, like you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's straight ahead riffing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And was that, did that just naturally fall into order when you were working with Andy or had you a discussion about that? No, it just kind of came together, didn't it, Andy? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the way, the way we worked um, is, you know, like me or, me or Mecca have a riff or a drum beat, we all just put it into Dropbox. And then that just, as, as soon as, as, the way it works with me, when, when Mick sends me uh, guitar riffs, I sit down and lis- listen to it, and I can sort of like start to hear and feel the way that the, it's going to build up, really. And then I, I just put down a basic drum beat, knock it back to Mick, and then he'll just change things around. And we just we just work it from there, don't we, really? It's not, yeah. there's never ever, I don't think there's ever... You know, sometimes we sort of like sit down and say, right, well, what are we going to do? And then, but it never ends up that, like that anyway, does it? So, no. you know. Like, do you kind of sometimes second guess each other too much in relation to certain songs? Like, does it sound like this band in particular? Or No, there hasn't been anything like that anyway. Okay. No. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> And Lee, were you aware of that Andy and Mick were um, forming Death Collector or were you just watching the the cover versions like me and then suddenly this beautiful creation came out of nowhere? I was was late to the party. I saw saw the covers that they did, Mm -hmm. uh, the Entombed cover, and uh, there was other things that they did as well. But I'm new to this and, you know, nine weeks I've been in this band now. So, you know... The whole thing's just been, it's just been a massive, massive, uh, a massive, massive ride, should we say. Yeah. And what was your background? I know you were in severe lacerations. What else were you in, Lee? Uh, nothing up until okay. then. Yeah, absolutely nothing. I've done my, I've, I, I started that band, not to bore you with a story, but it was in the late 90s. Uh, I had to quit <laughs> mid 2000 and rejoined two years ago. Right. So I've been doing my own thing since then, but that's 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 not important. It's not what we're here for. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. But I mean, as I said, I'm just trying to establish you were part of um, the scene pretty early on. So you would have came across Andy, I presume. In so oh, absolutely. absolutely. How did that relationship develop? Oh, sorry. Uh, I've followed his work since the since the late '80s, as as most people, you know, yeah. uh, grew up growing up listening to his music. <sighs> to get the to get the invite. 
to be a part of this was was obviously mind blowing. Mm. I can't say anything. I can't say anything more than that. I, anybody who would have got it would have felt exactly the same. You know. Yeah. But also as well, Rick um, Lee's Lee's daughter is a bit of a budding drummer. So over the last over the last I don't know six months or so. Um, I've been helping out a little bit, a little bit of advice, and you know, sort of for Lee as well. So we, yeah. we, we, we sort of like have known each other for a while. I've known Lee, you know, obviously Lee, guitarist. Um, but we, it, you know, our friendship has just sort of like really gone over lockdown. Well, the last, the last maybe six, seven, eight months of lockdown, really. Mm. And uh, but like I say, like with his, with his daughter as well um you know being a bit of a drummer i've just been helping him out with a little bit of advice really on you know like getting her up and running excellent yeah. stuff he comes across as very modest andy but i mean what's he like as a musician i don't want to say he's rubbish <laughs> <laughs> the ball was put up in the air there for you andy <laughs> <laughs> Did I see then, Lee, that you're after acquiring Glenn Benton's bass? Is that true? No, I've got it. You have it, yeah. I, yeah. That's what I that's what I used for the uh, for the EP. And how did you come across that? Lockdown. Okay. I was drunk, and I saw that Eric Hoffman was selling a guitar. Okay. And I uh, got in touch with him. Uh, he saw the message straight away, but never replied. And I thought, well, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a pleb. There's no way he's going to reply to that. Mm-hmm. And then I carried on searching through Google that night, and I came across the advert on Reverb. Is this the most evil bass ever? Uh, so I followed it through, and I thought, that's still active. Wow, yeah. So basically, I made one of my credit cards go very, very limp. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah, then I went and carried on partying and, you know, celebrating, thinking I can't believe this is actually coming to my home from the States. Uh, the sad part about all this was when I woke up in the morning at half past seven with a splitting headache, I got a message off Eric saying, I will see if my brother has any for you. And I just, oh, no, you know. So, yeah, I had to, uh, to kind of moonwalk out of that conversation, so we say. <laughs> <laughs> And the bass arrived and perfect, plays it's beautiful. Be- it's absolutely beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. I've, I've, I've since bought another one. Uh, the lads were talking about the possibility of gigs and mm. I actually bought this. Uh, I sold it to my wife as like a legacy <laughs> for the family when I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, it might be worth a bit of money. And we're, we're the eternal dreamers, us metlers, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I just I didn't fancy the idea of taking it out on the road, but yeah, I've been playing it the past couple of days against the one that I bought since, mm-hmm. and it just you know the one that I bought just doesn't equate. This thing is just a, it's it's just a beautiful, beautiful instrument. Wow, Mick, what about that for a story? Savage League, isn't it? No, cool. yeah. Best thing Ben Glenn Binton's bass has been in a long fucking time anyway, if you ask me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's class. And and you said Lee that bass actually was on that appeared on the EP, yeah? Yes. Uh the authenticity letter that came with it, it was used for the recording of Serpents of the Light. Fuck me. And uh there's there's a video, there's 
there's a video of him using it on YouTube when he did his old throw the guts out into the crowd crack and all that. Well, I think yeah. it was early early ninety one, something like that. So oh. wow. around yeah. the block a while, so Lee, I'd say, is it? Sorry? It's been around the block a while, so that bass. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's notorious for playing Ironbirds and not yeah. so much not so much warlocks, but you know, I like to say I've seen the evidence and I've I've got the I've got the authenticity. It's yeah, it's it's all kosher, you know. Yeah, amazing. And like you're not a bass player as such, you're more of a guitarist, are you? Absolutely. Yeah. But since since, since joining this, I, I think I picked up a guitar once. Hmm. And that was for one rehearsal, you know, with the with uh, severe lacerations. But it's been I've been running through the death collector stuff, yeah, religiously twice a day, just yeah. to stay on top of it. And and so, Mick, what does the upcoming release mean to you personally? Like, I hope it goes over well, Richie. I hope people like it. Do you know, yeah. because it's, it was started as fun. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Just, yeah. See how it goes. See, do you want to take it, run with it, see how far it'll go. Like, do you know, if people like it, cool. Do you know, yeah. if there's interest there for an album, happy days. Like, yeah, because a lot of stuff they're written anyway, as well. Like, that's great to hear, man. Yeah. So, writing most days anyway, like, I'm sitting here every day, more or less with a guitar in my hand anyway. Yeah. Andy, what does it mean to you personally to get this out? Uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's great for me because I mean, um, I mean, two years ago, yeah, it's pretty much two years ago now since I, I played, I think it was March 5th and 6th or something like that, I played my last shows with Memoriam over in Denmark just before the pande- ban- this ban- pandemic hit. Um, and then six or seven months later after that, my shoulder, I had, you know, I had problems with my shoulder, so I had to walk away from Memoriam. I had to not you know, put drumming to one side for a bit. Um, so, you know, I mean, in them... In, in them days, I, I was sort of like contemplating, you know, that was probably it really, you know. Mm. So, but, I mean, obviously, once one sort of like kicked in the physiotherapy and had a few injections in my shoulder and obviously re- realised that things were getting, you know, things were starting to pick up again, I could actually, would be able to, uh, you know, play the drums. And um, so... You know, with this being the end result, it's absolutely brilliant, really. I mean, you know, I couldn't, you know, although I've, although in a way I've lost two years, like Sam said, but we've lost two years of our careers, really. You know, well, yeah. well careers, I'm, you know, part time, really. But, um, you know, so to, for where I was two years ago to where I am now with this release coming out, it, it's, it's, I couldn't ask for any more, really. You know, I yeah. mean, it's absolutely brilliant. It's something that I've, you know, that what, what Death Collector of, you know, this EP is what I, it, it's my kind of music. Do you know what I mean? I love, mm. I love, I love the mixture, you know, that old school sort of like sound, you know, where it's all mashed up with, you know, metal, hardcore, punk. Yeah. You know, it's got lots of energy, it's simple, it's, you know, and it, it, it takes, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take it, it basically grabs you, slaps you around the face and sort of like, you know, yeah, it's, it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And Lee, for yourself? I can't, I can't describe it. Uh, mm. I sound like a broken record. Yeah. Every morning, it's, I, I pinch myself and, and to be a part of this is just amazing. Yeah. Let's just talk about the guys you had, which he joined the covers as well. So you had Hemper and Dave Ingram, 
uh, Steve Marr from Abaddon, Jason Walton as well. How did that come about from a Gallic? The way that worked was, um, to, to be honest, I've, I've said this before as well. I, I don't really, I don't really plan a lot of things. I just have an idea and throw it out there. You know, yeah. I'll sort of like go on Facebook and say, right, I need. Does anybody want to? It's same with Mick as well. Can anybody help me with some guitar tracks? Mick got in touch with me, so I said, right, can do Warmaster. You know, like, um, and you know, track off Warmaster anyway. Um, the way it worked with um, that first Warmaster track was good. Good did the vocals. Good did the bass. Good did the mix. But then, unfortunately, Gord had a bit of a, a few problems. He had to take a backwards step. That was all fine. But obviously then we had the case of, well, was, although it's only an online, you know, YouTube thing, it still needs to be of a quality that yeah. people, you know. Yeah. So it was a case of who, who do we get to mix it? So basically there again, I just thought, right, we've got a problem. I'll just throw it out there and see what comes. And and Jason got in touch with me and said, "Yeah, I'll help you out. You know, I'd love to." And that's that's how that's how I solve most of my problems. <laughs> I, just, I just blindly sort of like think, right? You got to go back in a way, right back to the beginning of when I started doing all this really with Bolt Thrower, Peel Session. How did we get that? I just cassette put it in an envelope, wrote a letter, sent it to Tommy Vance, sent it to John Peel. Tommy Vance said, nah, not our thing. John Peel absolutely blew him away. And mm. my 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 um, my sort of like thing in life is, what's the worst people can say? And if they say no, that's fine. You just carry on and ask someone else. Yeah. You know, and, and, and things, and, and I've always been like that. I've always, I, I never really worry too much about things. I just think, right, I'm going to do it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And that's how it's worked out with this project, really. It started from me and Mick, progressed, and then everybody's sort of like, you know, come on board or, you know, and we've ended up with the final product, really, which is brilliant. Yeah, I think um, a lot of that is down to your personality as well, Andy. <laughs> Being very modest there. Um, if you were a cunt, <laughs> I don't think anybody would be bothered with you being true. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I know what you mean. But I mean, it's sort of like, you know, I mean, it's just, I always I always try and just keep things pretty light and pretty, you know, it, it's all about, you know, I mean, because, you know, I mean, I've, I've been in bands now since, I think the first recording I did was 82 with Urban Chaos. Um, obviously, I took like 20 years off between Bolt Thrower and Memoriam. But it's just, I, I don't really take it. It's bit, my, my thing is, I don't really take it too seriously, really. If it, you know, if you're enjoying it and it works, it works. And if it doesn't, just walk away from it and just, you know, if, if something else comes along, it will. And if it doesn't, it won't. You know, it's not worth, not worth trying to plan things, really. Mm. Would you uh, agree with that, Mick? In relation to you, yeah, hundred percent. Mm. Like, there's a reason there's still myself, <laughs> Decky, and selling like because dreams are best mates. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. We know each other, know each other's heads and everything. Like, you know, we're all mates as well. So it's all fun. Like, do you know, like if something is crap, you'd walk away from it. Like, mm. yeah. But again, it's the level of playing you bring to it as well. I mean. 
that's there in spades for, for even those that were watching the covers that you were doing. It wasn't a half-assed attempt, you know, by any means. Yeah, I mean, I mean that one, you know, the, the bolt thrower cover, the, you know, the Bathory one and the Entombed one, they're all, really, you know, I mean, you could, you know, they're quality, really. Yeah. You know? got I mean, really, though, that's what you've got to you've got to strive for in a way because if you don't, people are just rip it to pieces, won't they? You know. Yeah. Well, as well as that, Andy, there's so many people fucking doing covers out there on YouTube over lockdown that it's very easy just to kind of land on some guy playing guitar, and if he's shit, you'll just move on. But if you come across what you were doing, there's no way you'd move on. You'd actually stick through it right to the end and go, fucking hell, this is brilliant. And as I said, the combination of people that you got involved, Dave Ingram as well, man, Steve Marr, they're all legends of the scene as such. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it worked, it worked well. It worked well, didn't it, really? You know, so. But there again, for, for especially for me and Mick as well, it, kept, it just kept us busy as well, really, over lockdown. You know, I mean, yeah. it wasn't a lot else to do, was it, really? No. You know what I mean? No. There was no. nothing else to do with it. Everywhere was shot. There was no gigs. There was nothing happening. Like, you know? So it was good. Like, like uh, there was a lot of bands like around Limerick Richie, right? That didn't even meet up over lockdown to rehearse or anything like that. Yeah. They all just stayed at home, do you know? And they didn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. yeah. Your connection then through Darken did some uh, job on the production and mixing mastering. Is that Gord, Andy, is it? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's the vocalist. He's a vocalist in Darken, yeah. I mean, I've, uh, yeah, I mean, really, he's an absolute. It, it, Gord is like one of these guys. He's just absolutely brilliant at what, you know, whatever he does, you know, and there's not a lot he doesn't seem to be able to do. I've seen, you know, I mean, if you if you check him out on YouTube, some of his guitar tutorials, absolutely amazing. Um, you know, and and I, I always knew that he could he could do a good job on the um, on, on you know on the EP as well. So and and the ideas that he brought to it as well were absolutely brilliant. Really, I mean, we've you know we've some of the sounds that he's used. I mean, even down to guitar sounds, bass sounds. Yeah. You know, so we, we always, I always knew that he, he, he could do a good job and he did basically. Wow, I mean, for me, it's just like how all the individual um, instruments all get their place and they sound so fucking amazing. Even Lee, the, the bass in it is just like a fucking panzer division. Yeah, that, again, that's that's all down to God. All, all, he, all he asked for from me was uh, the, 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 the DI tracks, basically. Right. Uh, he he geniusly crafted that tone, and and when we heard it back, it was like wow. Mm. Um, were you he happy, did, Mick, with it? Yeah, he did the same with the guitars. Like I just, he asked me for DIs. He said he reamped himself, like you know. Okay. So yeah, I just sent him DIs, and when I was doing the leads, obviously, like I got the lead tone here myself, but I just I messaged him then in private. I was like, if you want to try any effects in this or whatever. <clears throat> Have at it, like you know, do whatever you want. Give him hundred percent free reign over it, like yeah, yeah. That's how much I kind of trusted him, like you know, yeah. well, not to do a good job, yeah. And you've never met this dude before. No, I haven't met any of these lads in person except for Andy, maybe. That's it. Like, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's just fucking mind blowing how um, yeah. this thing has come about, really. Like, yeah. God, God lives in uh, Calgary, basically. Yeah, he's he's, he's over okay. in like Calgary, over in Canada. So, but um, like like I say, he's just for me, he's he's an absolute genius, really. You know, he's you know just he, he just 
he, he, the only way I can explain it is he, he has an instinct for what the you know the sound that he's, he's, he's aiming for. And to be honest, he's, he's absolutely nailed it on this EP. Yeah, um, you've played on how many uh, Darkened albums? Have you played in all of Mandy? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, basically, what have we done so far? We did the um, we did the first EP, which came out in 2019. Uh, the first album, yeah. So the, the EP was into the Blackness. Um, then the first album we did, we just just released in the last month or so. Um, a uh, two-track single. Oh, more on the dying light. Yes, great EP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then um, the album is supposedly supposed to be coming out. But yeah, I mean, back to, I mean, like with, with um, Darken, basically, the whole way that came about was um, myself and uh, Daryl Khan, uh, Kay Hart from, um, you know, I always get it wrong, uh, Funeral Brow or Funeral Brow, anyway, from over in the States. We've known each other for quite a long time. We, we've always been on about doing a, a band project. And basically, Hemper was um, one of somebody that he'd worked for before. We, before. And um, we, we just got together and basically, same as me and Mick, we just hit off and um, just basically produced those first um, few albums, well, the first EP album. And it's just gone from there, really. So, but um, hopefully, yeah, I mean, the, the second album's absolutely cracking anyway. Yeah, it's not ever going to be toured, I'd imagine. No. Yeah. When me and Hemper first um, started working on the first, yeah, I mean, even even down to the first EP, um, we had a bit of a chat and Hemper always said that one of the things he never wanted to do was play live shows. So we just sort of like said, right, you know, it's just, just keep it as a project. Yeah. Hopefully this this darkened will be different and we'll get to do a few, maybe a few festivals. I don't know. Well, let's see. Yeah. Mick, how are you progressing with uh, Zealot Cult or Brigante? Are, are you writing any stuff for them at the moment? We've the, we've the new Zealot album written. Okay. And the last couple of gigs that we've done, like we did. I was at like, the one in Limerick. Yeah, you played a few tr- yeah. tracks off that. Yeah, a few with that, that. But- we played in Dublin as well. We played about five new tunes then at that. Mm. And we did one there then just before the end of the year in Dolan's as well. We played about five tunes off it. So, yeah. Eight, we have about eight or nine songs for the new album anyway. So we're starting to demo them now. Okay. But yeah, we're hoping to get in now and start recording them pretty soon. Will it be out this year, do you think? Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I might have an old bootleg tape for you, like, send it after you. <laughs> Lee, back to you. Um, severe lacerations. Death is the shepherd of mankind. When did that come out? It came out a few weeks ago. Yeah. The lads, the lads actually have been working on it for, well, must be going on three years, something like that. Mm. It, was, it was before I rejoined. And again, just to get those tracks over the line, just was just ridiculously long so uh, we got there in the end yeah we're just undergoing a a, pers- a a lineup rebuild at the moment because a lot of the band quit for personal reasons so but we can't uh, we can't stop and where are you going. based out of Lee? Cumbria ah. northwest England okay yeah. okay so I mean it's not beyond the realms of possibility when all these gigs kick in that Death Collector will possibly play a few dates in uh, the UK. It'd be nice to. Mm. 
You're all up for it, say. I mean, the thing is, I mean, it's not really, like I always say, in, in all these aspects, really, it's not really up to us, is it? It's up to the people that put the gigs on to, to get in touch with us. It's like with this album as well. I mean, it'd be great to do an album, but, I mean, obviously, it'd be nice to do it on a label. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, but um, early days, yeah, early days, isn't it? Yeah, it's certainly uh, refreshing to know that you've held back four or five songs at least that could possibly go on to another EP or an album if need be. Like. Yeah, there's stuff that we're working on already. I think, like, there's all together, including the, the three songs that are on this EP. There's about eight tracks yeah. nearly there. Yeah. So what I'm getting to make is like that if you were to do a set, you have a 30, 40 minute set there comfortably. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I mean, the EP is 12 minutes long, man. That's fucking mental, isn't it? Uh, play, play it three times. <laughs> 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 and uh, who came up with the title? Time's up. Kieran. Okay. Um, he was Kieran that came up with it anyway. Nearly certain it was anyway. Yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah. Okay, and the meaning behind it, or any of you want to? I think anyway, it means your time's up. The debt collector's come to get you. Yeah, <laughs> or something like that. That's the way I could look at it anyway. You know? Yeah. Uh, who came up with the name of the band? Actually, yeah, it was a weird one, really, wasn't it? Because we came, we were trying to work it a name, weren't we? And it wasn't really yeah. working, I think. And um, mm-hmm. in the end, um, I, I, I sort of like was looking on. Um, YouTube and um, there's um, a couple of old films, um, sort of like B B movies, basically. Um, one with um, is it Joe Pesky? Is it no? Joe? I think it's Joe Pesky. Yeah, it is. Isn't it? It's his yeah. first film, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and um, basically, his first film is called I think it's called The Death Collector. Yeah. And uh, I just I just thought that was um, really good yeah. name, you know, Death Collector. Yeah. Um, and uh, it just sort of like I, I remember Mick just got back in touch, didn't you, and said, "Yeah, that's the one." And uh, yeah. yeah, so and uh, but it, I think I think you know I think it's a, a great great um, I think it's a great name for a band anyway because in, in a way it sort of like puts us down to a T in a way because you know we've 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 spent that many years in death metal yeah we have collected <laughs> we have collected the whole thing haven't we in a way a sound you know sort of like but, but yeah that's where it comes from there's um if you go on youtube there's a uh, sort of like joe pesky's first movie is called the death collector and i just saw it's Great actor, great name for a film, like you know. I could only imagine the fucking soundtrack to that movie. Jesus Christ. Hang on, I'm, 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 I'm IMDb in this year. 19, 1976 oh, was released. Oh my yeah. God, man. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, yeah, Joe Cartesi, Louis something, and Joe Pesci, yeah. Fucking classic. Yeah. IMDb rating of 5.7 out of 10. Uh, Jesus, <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope he can get fucking hired that when TPs are <laughs> Blame it on Joe. What other uh, names had you? Had you any shit names? Uh, I I can't even remember half from Richie. <laughs> was, uh... Did we come up with something stupid? Well, no, like not stupid, but like something like War Mind or something like that, wasn't something, it? Or, yes, and, yeah. uh, I think that came up, and that was that was ditched pretty quickly. But I, yeah. I think after, after, I think we didn't really put too much emphasis on it, did we? The name we just concentrated oh. on the moves. music. Yeah. 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 And then it, it just the, the name just came, really. You know. Yeah. Mm. Just going back to the touring side of things, you're going to have to recruit another guitarist, Mick. 
can't do it all by yourself, son. Yeah. I genuinely think that if it does open up again, we have our gigs back and stuff. Man, there's a mini tour of Ireland there just waiting for you. Cool, all right. Mm. Like, I'm, I'm totally open to doing gigs with Disney, 100%. Yeah. It needs yeah. to be fucking heard yeah. live, lads. That's, like, that's yeah. the most important thing about this EP that I can take away from it. It needs to be heard live. I think if you've you got a decent gig with a decent crowd, which, I mean, at the moment is absolutely, you know, 100% really. Because, I mean, people, I've, I've noticed, I've noticed um, gigs that I've seen online or that kind of thing and people talking about the gigs they've done. People are just absolutely really 100% into getting back into gigs aren't they so yeah, yeah but uh, I, I think I think if um, this whole thing we've done with Def Collector I think we can get that live you know it, I think it would kick off you know it would be absolutely brilliant response for it but yeah you never know do you I mean that's you know but I mean up to now it's all good all good so um, hopefully yeah uh, but I'd, 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 I'd be up for I'd be up for doing a gig or two yeah, man, you're doing the EP justice by playing it live. It has to be fucking mm-hmm. heard live because that was the first thing I took from it uh, when I listened to it. I went, Jesus Christ, this is just perfect um, for even a tent or a fucking sweaty fucking nightclub, man, to listen to that. I, I think these songs would go over really well live anyway. Oh, Richie, 100%. Yeah. They're, they're geared for written, like, to be played live. They have, they'd have a good impact, I reckon, like, you know? Yeah. 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 Like it's it's knocking over people's heads playing stuff like that's a million like that. It's, it's hook driven, mate. Yeah. Andy, when was the last time you were at a gig or played a gig? Right. The last time I already mentioned it. The last time I um last time I played a gig and was at a gig was um the two shows I did over in Copenhagen. Wow. Um you're talking twenty twenty, March. March, I think it was March the 5th or 6th or something like that. So it's been like two years. I mean, to be honest, um, me and the family have sort of like kept ourselves to ourselves, really, because obviously things have been a bit unsure. And then Mm. I've seen a lot of people that I I know a lot of people that have been to festivals and shows and have ended up getting COVID. I mean, uh, I mean, to be honest, we, we we managed to get through the whole pandemic with no, no, none of us really going down with it. Um, about two, two and a half weeks ago, everybody in the house got COVID, so we had to isolate for 10 days. Um, so we, we're just literally getting back to normal now. Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, really, yeah, it's been two, two years since I've played or been to a gig. So uh, there's a couple that I want to go to. So I'm just um, I'm just sort of like uh, looking and trying to organise a few little bits and pieces. There's a couple of napalm shows I might pop to and um, you know just show my face. Um, Man, sure, yeah, like you're at, at the epicenter in Birmingham, like. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, no, I mean, but I mean, Birmingham. There's been a lot of shows on. Mm. Um, you know, there's been a lot of shows on, but really, I've I've been trying to sort of. Um, really stay away from it really you know because obviously I don't you know I, I didn't want to sort of like end up catching anything and there's, there's still at the moment as well with all this Omicron or wherever it is it's there's still a lot of people catching it you know it just doesn't seem to be as um, you know dangerous for people but I mean um, now I think in in the UK I think um, from next week they're on about just getting rid of all restrictions. So 
if you catch it, you catch it. You could, you know, just stay at home. They're not going to do, you know. So I think they're just, I think they're changing it from a pandemic now to an epidemic, aren't they? In the in England, anyway. Yeah. That's the way they want to look at it. We got to just get on with it. So, but like I say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start going to a few bits and pieces. Um, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I've been, I've been to a few, you know, like theatre shows, you know, that kind of thing, you know, not, not live gig, you know, like bands, gigs, but um, I am, I am looking at a few that I'm going to start going to, because I think it's just about time now that um, we just start cracking on with it really, isn't it? It's not, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that, man, because um, you can just kind of go the other way as well and just stay and not go to anything, you know. Because, I mean, yeah. it's almost conditioning in it now, isn't it? Just you're conditioned to wear masks, you're conditioned. Like, I mean, we went over to a gig in London to see a band there, was it four, four or five weeks ago, um, to Camden. And it was amazing. The weather was beautiful. And you know what Camden is like, man. Just great pubs yeah. and the vibe yeah. was back. Yeah. The fucking gig was fantastic. And it was one of the best decisions I made. It was just like, right, just fucking get out of the house and go to some place you want to see a band and you know it was it's just the weirdest thing when you just meet all these people you're you're nearly overwhelmed by the amount of people that are at yeah. this gig and then you're kind of going nah just have my beers and away you go and you fall back into yeah. it like it's i mean like i say it's been it's been a weird i mean because like all the way through the pandemic as well i've been um i've been on a committee with a musician junior Ah. So it's been quite, it's been quite, it's been quite interesting seeing, you know, every two, three months having a meeting online, but seeing the way things are changing and, you know, the way things, you know, over the last, maybe the last year to six months, how things have slowly been opening up, you know, sort of like around the UK. But um, I think it's just been like really hard for everybody, hasn't it, really? Because I mean, it's, Something, something you take for granted, like going to see a band, going to see a show, not being able to do it. It's just, it just after after doing it on and off for forty years, it's bizarre, isn't it? You know, not being able to do that kind of thing. Am I correct in saying that Kieran never toured their uh, Ash and Crown's release? That was released in two thousand and nineteen, Obsolence, and they never got a chance to tour it. I think they played. It, it's it's the same with a lot of bands, though, isn't it? I mean, you've got. Um, You've got uh, Strigoi as well, haven't you? You know, they released, they released that debut, debut album and I don't think they've really, they, they've been able to do anything with it really, have they? I mean, I, I think they've got a new one, you know, one in the pipeline, but I think there's lots of bands that have released albums really yeah. um, that didn't, you know, that um, never got to do anything with them for at least a year, a year and a half, have they? You know, so it's it's weird really, mm. you know, it's, it's an odd yeah. Have you been going to Ang Lee of late or what you been up to? Oh, the last last gig I went to was uh, I took my 18-year-old daughter to her first thrash gig and it was uh, Death Angel, Exodus and Testament on the ah. the Bear Strikes Back to her. Oh, class. That was, that was March the 10th. Yeah, I was at that. And yeah. I'm pretty positive that we caught COVID off one of the band members that we met. At that gig, trust me. Yeah, so they were riddled in it. <laughs> they were, yeah. yeah. I have pictures with uh, my daughter with the, you know, the drummer of this certain band uh, in the bar. And uh, yeah, 
a, a couple of weeks later, he was very, very poorly. So you probably know who I'm talking yeah, about. I do. He nearly fucking died being truthful. He did. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah, man. And fair play to her, man. She's into that kind of music. That's class. She is. Yeah. Must have been very hard for you to siphon down to four of your favorite uh, death metal releases. Mick, I could have predicted two of yours anyway. So that's changed again already, Richie. Four different ones now, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, Probably the same bands with different albums. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what I did was I, I just dug out my favorite four, and they'll probably change as well. So the first one is Exorcist. Do any of you remember them? No, never heard that, Richie. No. Andy, Exorcist, no. No, no, I don't. No, I don't recognise that. No. Nightmare Theater, highly recommend it. Came out in 1985. Oh, God, that's, that would have been like... Who's in that then? Uh, Anybody we know that's in it? Or is it just sort of like one of these random albums that came out and then we never heard of again? No, I don't recognise any of the names, man. But uh, definitely check it out. It's a great release, man. Nightmare Theatre. Uh, this one needs no introduction, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. It was going into my list at one stage, slowly rocked. <laughs> And it was either leprosy or spiritual healing as well. I, I know, like, ah. yeah, yeah. I was kind of going to have to have a yeah. chat over that over a few beers. And uh, Celtic yeah. Frost. Yeah. Classic. And uh, Anything, anything early Celtic Frost, so I can't be. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. There's a curveball for you, Messiah. Yeah. Yeah. Nice one. Extreme Cold Weather, the greatest album ever made. Ah, respect, <laughs> respect. And another yeah, band yeah, then, yeah. Uh, Dream Dead from uh, yes. Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, oh, God, yeah, yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there, yeah. there were my ones there tonight. I just said I'd have a route around and see what uh, stuck yeah. out. I decided not to do my real top four um, death metal albums anyway, because I was going to just for the wind up, just put. Um, Realm of Chaos, War Master, Wolf <laughs> Crusade. <laughs> and then I thought, nah, I might, I might, might not go down too well. Yeah, it's, it's funny, <laughs> so man. So I just randomly did. picked four of us. <laughs> just before I end the show, I'm going to give a blast to internal expansion of the EP Time's Up. So we'll give it a listen.
That was internal expansion, world-class musicianship, brilliant vocals and fantastic production. You get it all in Time's Up. Uh, it is coming out when, Mick? 4th of March. 4th of March. Bandcamp Friday. Bandcamp Friday. You have yeah. plenty of merch. You've got a lovely package as well uh, with a hat, lovely beanie hat, a T-shirt and the EP for, is it 20 bucks, is it? Yeah, yeah. 20 quid. You get you get a sticker in there as well. So, yeah, so, yeah, it's, I mean, to be honest, this day and age, 20 pound for a little CD, T-shirt, um, you know, a hat and a sticker. Absolute bargain, really, isn't it? So you can't, you know. But, I mean, really, yeah. really we did it just to sort of, like, help, you know, give the band a little push, really. So, you know, I mean, yeah. although, although we've all been in, you know, we've all been in other bands and we've, you know, we've all got names for ourselves, it's still a new it's still a new sort of, like, band, isn't it? And you've, you've still got to get it out there in a way, haven't you? Yeah, but you're pushing a quality product, Andy. That's, that's oh, the no, difference. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's mean, fucking but, class, man. Yeah. And uh, Kieran, a uh, big shout out to Kieran as well. He designed the. Was did he do the logo and the front cover? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was yeah, funny actually man. because um, we, we we're scratching our head over the artwork, and um, we had a couple of ideas that did just didn't didn't come to fruition really. And then um, Kieran had done a few bits and pieces where we sort of like you know we sort of um, you know we we're toying with, and then he sort of like as usual as these things happen. So no, yeah, I've got all the, you know, I've got some artwork on the hard drive or whatever. And I think he, I think maybe the first or second one, he, he popped up that, you know, the old guy's head, you know, just dis- disappearing in, you know, into a sort of like that thing. It's like as soon as you saw it, I, I just, yeah, that's that's what that's the one. And um, but yeah, 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 yeah. So he's he's done all this sort of like graphics. He does all this sort of like um, online. Sort of like social media, social media presence. Yeah, I can't. I mean, me personally, I can't. I, I really loathe social media nowadays. I got one out as little as possible, yeah. really. But um, he, he, he loves it. He's avid at it and very yeah. good at it as well. I, I can see the kind of just the flicker of uh, discontent and mixed face there about not being able to do social media. <laughs> <laughs> So listen, lads, hey, come here. Much appreciated for coming on the show, Mick, Andy and Lee. Um, again, just as I said, I can't emphasize it enough. It is an absolutely fantastic release. Uh, best of luck with it. And um, it's time's up. It's coming out on March the 4th. And uh, all the links to be posted on this interview anyway. Cheers, lads. Thanks for that, Richie. Brilliant. Cheers. Great to speak to you again, hopefully. Um, get to see you again soonish as well. Yeah, we'll smuggle you over to fucking Limerick at some stage, Andy, whether, whether or not you'll agree or not, we'll get you over anyway. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely, definitely.